Hello, my dear friends. Thank you for tuning into Love Service Wisdom with myself, Marissa Rada Webner. I'm so grateful that you've decided to listen. It has been a wild few weeks since I had my last podcast come out in early September with my dear, 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 bestie, bestie, Rainbow Eric. And the day I released it, he, the next, the, that, uh, in almost like the same moments, he was arriving at the hospital from having been in a very bad accident. So the past few weeks have been really intense for sweet Rainbow Eric with his recovery. He's doing well, but it will be a long road from um, the injuries he received when his forerunner tumbled down the side of a Idaho mountain road. And he was, thank goodness, ejected from the car. And he now lives on for many more days to come. He definitely has a lot more work to do in the world. And that's why he's still here with us. So Oh, sending lots of love to Eric. If you've enjoyed the shows with him, just give him a moment of like heartfelt prayer and positivity. He's literally the most love person that I know. No, no one, no one that I know has such a breath of endless admirers and friends and beloveds and just people who care for him endlessly. So he's being very well taken care of in his recovery. And I'm a little happy that he's just like 10 blocks away from me now in Boise for the next few months. And we'll get to see each other a lot more. I'm sure I'll probably do a podcast with him um, in maybe like a month or so, give you a little update and you can hear from him yourself. But today's podcast is about Melanie or Mel. Salvatore August. She and I met several years ago, April 2014 to be exact, at the Lululemon Ambassador Summit in Whistler, Canada. That was like a, I don't know, like a meetup of all of these incredible ambassadors, Lululemon ambassadors at the time from all over the country. There's maybe about, I don't know, 50, 75 of us, such great people. And Melanie was one of the beautiful teachers that I met there, along with like Brianna and Wayne and Diana and Dan at Houston, who lives here in Boise now, and Duncan, and so many other great um, yogis from the nation that are doing beautiful work. And like Mel, just giving so much. Mel, she is a former comedian writer. She's a veteran yoga and meditation teacher trainer. She's a Reiki master. She's the mama of three and the author of several books, including Fierce Kindness, Be a Positive Force for Change, Kitchen Yoga, Simple Home Practices to Transform Mind, Body, and Life, and her new release, Yoga to Support Immunity, a mind-body breathing guide to whole health that we're going to touch upon a little bit in this podcast. She's the founder of the Fierce Kindness Organization, Mel Well Classroom, and you can find Mel daily on the acclaimed Yoga Works at Home platform teaching classes. To learn more about Melanie, you can visit her website, melaniesalvatoreaugust.com. I'll put some links in the show notes and she's just 
fantastic. I know you're going to really enjoy this conversation about, you know, her own journey of needing to slow down and how slowing down really helped her healing journey. And that's what she shares in her book too. Slowing down, it feels like that was the big theme that came up, what, a year ago, right? When the pandemic began and are we still slow, you guys? Are you able to maintain that rhythm? I know it's been super challenging for me, but I feel very um, devoted to devoted still to the intention of spaciousness and slowing down. This month though in September has just been wild and jam-packed. East Force and I have been back on the road for different tours in Denver and Salt Lake and in Austin. And we just did Treefort Music Fest, five days of a music festival here in Boise that I love so much. Boy, it was just it filled my cup to the ultimate extreme to be back with people again and um, enjoying something that I love so much, which is live music in a crowd and just super talented artists. And then Yoga Fort was happening also. And um, now I'm going to leave tomorrow to go down to Boulder with Krishna and we'll lead our East Forest retreat for the next three days. So I definitely myself have not been able to maintain the slow, but I'm doing my best, doing my best. And this has been a big run recently, but we'll have some time, I think maybe come October-ish. Yeah. And um, I'm teaching here in Boise. You can find me still at Elm Grove Park, or I'll likely have a class at uh, my meditation studio, Source Meditation Space. If you go to my website, marissarada.com, you can find out about my offerings. But lots of things taking off and still just trying to hold those reins back, which I hope you are too, as we, um, you know, stay committed to, I think, some of the insights that we felt were revealed as we stepped off the uh, the hamster wheel of go, go, go. I um, want us again to stay with that slow down mindset that enough is enough and you're enough already and it's all working out perfectly even though we have no idea what that means or where things are going. The energy of trust is really important and that's not being apathetic, like not doing anything. It's just internally feeling a sense of deep connection and allowing. So I wish that for all of you, my sweet listeners, a feeling of connection and allowing and trust, knowing that you're held, you're guided, you're supported, and it's all good. It's all, all good. All right, my friends, with that, please enjoy Mel Salvatore August. Welcome, Melanie. I am so happy to be here. Yes, thank you for your time. Thank you for joining me. It's an it's a it's a extra special delight to be in this conversation with you because we've been kind of old friends for many years mm -hmm. in a way, and mm -hmm. we haven't spoken also yes. in many many years. Yeah. I guess we're like um, co-admirers, you could say. Yes. It's, it's totally, yeah, like I feel very close to you. I feel like I've shared some sp special key 
moments in time um, that shifted uh, shifted how I saw the world even. And then I've been watching you from afar, admiring mm. you <laughs> in a non-creepy way. Yes. Well, ditto. Ditto. <laughs> yeah, we met years ago at the Lululemon Ambassador Summit of April 2014. Mm-hmm. Or was it 15? I think it was 14. Uh, it was 14 or maybe even 13. A long time ago. It was a long time ago. And there were some cool, stellar people that I'm still in touch with that mm-hmm. I met then too. And in, in addition to yourself, like I don't remember, I don't know if you remember Dan Houston. Yeah. He was, he has Quality. since moved to Boise. No. And way. I see him and his wife, Christina, quite a bit. They got to teach at my studio before we closed. And Duncan, I just saw last year in Melbourne, Australia when I was there. Oh, wow. And um, yeah, so fun folks like that and yourself included. Mm. It, was a, it was a real special group of mm, bright souls who were doing a lot of wonderful things. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Very special people. And, um, and I have to say that I don't think I knew going in like you don't know about anything in life right I didn't know going in that I would really have my heart touched by so many in a very genuine way yeah think like oh it's clothes it's not clothes (laughs) you know nothing to do with clothes right really it's you know so much (laughs) didn't have anything to do with yoga pants not really no No. Uh -uh. it was about the people Mm -hmm. yeah and waking up that, or maybe, you know, for some awakening or mm, affirming a vision. I remember how, there was a wonderful moment with you that I really felt you um, like be like, no, I'm really affirming. I affirm that I'm, I'm on the right track. <laughs> I don't need to rework all this. Like I'm, I'm feeling it. And, and I admired that moment. Do you remember that moment? Was it in the group moment? Yeah. Yep. Yes. I remember that moment. Part of, we're talking about this Lululemon ambassador summit that they held at Whistler. I'm pretty sure it was the spring of 2014 and they rented out the whole four seasons and there was hundreds of Lululemon ambassadors from all over the country. And there was different programming. Like we had classes with Baron Baptiste and we had classes with um, like on marketing and programming and like how to find our vision and our dream. And a lot of it was like goal setting. I don't remember the woman's name. Do you remember Suzanne her name? Conrad. Suzanne Conrad. And she had, we were all in this conference center together. There was hundreds of us and it was all about setting goals and achieving. And I had been at this point in my life where I had achieved a lot and I was feeling really, really good and happy and settled, like kind of like an apex moment. And I asked her very genuinely something along the lines of like, well, what would you say to somebody who feels like they've already achieved a lot? Do you remember what I asked explicitly? I I know. I can't remember, but it was, and it was courageous of you. Like I was like, go girl. You're very courageous. (laughs) But a simple, honest question. Mm -hmm. And I felt in response that I had gotten shamed was what I felt like I received back. And it was, she said something back like, you're not ready. Or you've got a lot in there that you're not willing to face. 
And I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. Ooh, I wasn't expecting that. Is that what you recall? Yeah, yeah. And and really what I was, like, I, when I hear the word shame, I go, oh, I don't, I don't want that for, for you. And so I feel, like, protective. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time, what I was really touched by was your grace and steadiness and kindness uh, in holding that moment. Hmm. That's what I was really left with. Like, hmm. um, you know, sometimes there's these moments where you get to see into someone a little bit. You know, there's always yeah. many colors. And that I was like, wow, good for you. Yes. Good thank you. you. It was a memorable moment for sure. <laughs> for sure. And I, again, I wasn't anticipating the response that I got back, but I remember it not being positive. I remember being felt like treated like I'd asked the wrong question. Like that's not the question that you ask about being satisfied with the life that you have. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I mean, not to, to, to over magnify this and where you are now do you is there any other nuances that you see there and do you see it the same now or different you know that's a a wonderful question and I actually think it's something that I think about quite a bit where I have this kind of dual or polar aspects of myself where I am um, driven and I do accomplish things and I like to achieve, but my mindset isn't actually one about necessarily achieving, like that word doesn't come up through me. And I also have what I could call a success limiter because there's, I'm aware of a aspects internally that I'm afraid of being too successful, quote unquote, because I really love the freedom I have in my life. And I really love the spaciousness. And I know that there's a part of me, this may be false or true, I don't know, but it, there's a belief that if I'm too successful, my life will become unmanageable in a way that I don't enjoy and appreciate. And so I even woke up from a dream a couple of weeks ago. It was this really interesting dream about like the Buddhist middle way of like, you know, a similar like you're really just happy with what you have and you're doing things. And again, that fear of like too much would be an extreme where it's not healthy in a way. And then the other polarity of you know, not doing or not giving or not showing up. And then that is also unhealthy. And so I find myself just in this through line where in that moment in the, in the wanderlust or um, that Whistler Lululemon meeting, I, yeah, I, uh, you know, I'd gotten married and I had children and I had a studio and I was a Lululemon ambassador and who I am and I've got this and I've got that and all the things. And it's like checking the boxes and I wanting to feel fulfillment versus I'm not enough or I always need more. Mm -hmm. I feel like I do feel a very steady sense of I have enough. I am enough Mm -hmm. and I'm going to continue to do more. Does that make sense? I guess that was a long-winded answer. I loved it. 
I loved it. And I, and it makes me that, that middle way is, you know, makes me think of, of all the qualities that we we're really hoping to come to that, you know, uh, like the gunas, you know, rajasic or, or, you know, mm. you're, you're achieving your hyperachiever or tamasic where you're like, uh, you know, or, mm. you know, where you're attached and yeah, I want that pleasure or you're, mm. you're like, Oh my God, I've got to get away from that. That's terrible. You know, all of those opposites. Um, I think, I think they tie us into the, I don't know, almost like a gerbil's wheel. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. And I, and I, and I think now that you say it so clearly, there was some part of me that was registering that at the time too. Um, you know, and, and kind of like, yeah, there was a surrender to it. Um, that for me is, is, is definitely on my, when I come out of and I push, <laughs> I come from a long line of pushers. I've been a pusher for a long time. So when I catch myself pushing, which ultimately will cause some sort of suffering, <laughs> then I, for me, it's like the surrender, like surrender to uh, spirit or surrender to um, trusting that the timing, mm. Mm-hmm. surrendering to the frequency of joy, you know, following mm-hmm. that. And so mm-hmm. it's, mm-hmm. It, your answer speaks huge. And, and to me, it's like, yeah, I feel like that's like the through line of life. Yes. And it's a, it's a, a dance that's alive, you know, being satisfied and feeling contentment. And also the push, the growth, the output, the output, the vision, the wanting to get here, the wanting to give this, the wanting to show that, the wanting to create this and being satisfied. I think that that's a really delicate balance. Yeah. Yeah. That I like to be able to hold. I don't know. Yeah. It's like I'm happy with what I have and I want to do and give more. Mm-hmm. And I'm both mm-hmm. versus I was reading a little bit in your bio, you know, your healing journey. It sounded like it started from a place of depletion, like you were giving too much mm-hmm. or you weren't resting enough. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. And that's that aspect of like, whether you call it pushing or overworking or um, an aspect of, I think it can also come from not believing uh, a belief that it's not enough. I'm not enough. There has to be more, right? Um, and I, you know, I think it shows up in so many ways. Um, and I feel like, you know, uh, with this current journey of like really looking at, okay, what, you know, when we met was kind of like that point. I was in an autoimmune um uh, like having an autoimmune response with my body, but it, I kept pushing. And then after we parted and I had my next child, then it was like, my body was like, okay, I've been, I've been yelling. I've been, you know, flailing. What did now, that look like for you when, when it started to show up the autoimmune response? Um, you know, f- physically, I'll start physically because that's the easiest way. Physically, it, it showed up as, um, a swollen throat, chronically, um, sinus drainage, or you know, chronically, 
pain in my joints chronically, um, covered in hives all the time, you know, 30 to 50 a day. Um, and not figuring out, you know, what is the cause of these hives? What am I allergic to kind of thing? Um, and that feeling of never feeling rested, not, you know, not having that feeling of energy. Hmm. Um, I remember, you know, seeing I have three boys and, you know, um, uh, I have such a clear image of your son in my eyes. His eyes look very similar to yours. And, and so I just had a moment of sweetness, <laughs> but like playing, playing cars, you know, like little matchbox cars on the floor and literally like, like drooling, like so tired, <laughs> like, oh my God, like, let's just do this laying down because I'm exhausted. So physically that way, um, and emotionally just uh, feeling the bottom drop out and, and that almost like grinding of the, the gears, you know, there's just, I'd find myself saying like, I can't do this anymore. Like under my breath, I can't do this anymore. Then you, you were know, saying like, that? Yeah, like having to listen to myself, like, are you listening to yourself? You're mm. talking. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, and I... I uh, I look back and, and I, uh, you know, I, I still find myself, I can fall back into that hole, not as, not as uh, readily. Um, but the groove is deep. The groove of pushing and doing? Groove of pushing and doing and not listening. And, and uh, while you're teaching people how to listen to their bodies. For sure. For sure. Which I teach to serve. And I teach to help myself because mm. every time it's, I'm sharing it with someone else, then I reinforce it for myself. Like, yeah, good idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> good idea. Where are you pushing today? Pusher? No. <laughs> I mean that nicely. You know, not as mean as it sounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then things started to break down for you in a way that you couldn't ignore. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I, I feel like it's almost like the bottom, bottom, bottom dropped out, right? I couldn't actually rally. It was starting to become obvious to my family, you know, though they're used to me, you know, making it work. Um, it was becoming obvious all around. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I'm reminded of, I've been doing this work with Thomas Hubel, mm-hmm. who works with this works with collective trauma and healing collective trauma and in part of the work once was recognizing transgenerational trauma but what we've been given from our lineage our ancestors our line that mm, is like a form of resiliency and I've heard many of us in in the cohort myself included having one of the things that we've received is this hard work ethic. Mm-hmm. Non-stop hard work ethic. Work, 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 work. Which mm-hmm. is a tool and we use for survival. And now in many of us, it's an overdrive and is causing a lot of the state of the world that we live in now. A hundred percent. In fact, as, as you say that, I mean, I felt an immediate like lift of tears through my eyes, like a, like an emotional response. Mm. 
because as soon as you said transgenerational, I, I do believe that, um, that it's, and that aspect of, of me stopping uh, and lovingly in a non-judgmental way. I'm not, you know, pointing my finger at my great grandmother. And, you know, it, this all, it served its purpose. Right. You know, um, you know, I come from on all sides, you know, a family of immigrants and a line of, um, you know, hardworking people who, who did not have enough to eat, did not have enough um, and in a true necessity kind of way. So I feel, you know, by me stopping and saying, you know what? I even say it out loud. I have, we have plenty to eat. I need nothing. It's a way for me to, to heal, you know, my, my great, great grandmother and my, you know, my plenty. Fully, fully. Mm -hmm. It's a way to heal backwards and forward mm -hmm. in this moment mm -hmm. when you can stop. Yes. And the gratitude floods in. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I, I, I feel that on all the levels as well. And it's interesting, uh, you know, the, the spirit, the heart side, I have a natural inclination to. The science side, um, I don't have a natural inclination. So for me, especially with, you know, the, the, the book aspect, you know, Yoga for Immunity, uh, you know, following the threads of the science of like, oh, that moment of, of heart connection, of gratitude, and then the happy chemical release that happens in the body, you know, the dopamine, the serotonin, and the endorphins, and oxytocin, and, um, and, and then what that does on, you know, a physical level. So there's so many layers of healing from the generations, from, from the physical body. Like it's making me think of the koshas. You're healing all the koshas at once, all the for layers sure. and levels at once. For, yeah, for sure. With gratitude. Sure. <laughs> with, with the moment of saying, you know, I'm so thankful. Mm. Mm -hmm. So your book, Yoga for Immunity, it came out of this autoimmune healing crisis. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I, I know that top level, your thesis of we can heal ourselves. And it sounds also, though, that you're blending in science, too. So did you work in both realms or multiple yes. places for that? Yes. yes. And it, I feel that it's aspect of we're stronger together. So there is uh, um, something I've witnessed within myself and also, you know, let's say familial line or or my immediate social circle growing up, what have you, that there's so much, like, um, it's outside of me. The, the, I'm going to look for the healing somewhere else. That, you know, take a Tylenol, take Advil, you know, keep going. No, there's nothing wrong with that at well, all. Well, we outside reference in most occasions for everything. For our health, yes, but also just like, am I okay? Did I do the right thing? Is everybody else okay? Okay, now I can be okay. All of that. Yes, yes, 100%. Yes. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense that that would be our, you know, that's, that's what we're, we're looking at. And, and uh, so that aspect of 
how can I, for me, my journey is how can I even more work together with myself to create this healing and in conjunction of, okay, um, you know, modern science, Western medicine, um, there's a team. And you know, I'm a big Warriors fan, Warriors basketball. Like we we're, we're better <laughs> together, you know. Like you know what I mean, like that's, that's part of their slogan. And so, like, yeah, we're better together. Let's just everybody has to show up. So you showed up fully to be on the team. Yes, yeah, and then still, still showing up mm. every day, you know, um, and giving myself you know, uh, compassion when. You know, there are things that I, I know I should do. It'd be really good if I did that. Like what? <laughs> like do you move my spine, but I want to move my spine right now. I want to whatever, you know, whatever it is, or take a deep breath or, you know, have a little more water. Some, something could be mm-hmm. anything. And so mm-hmm. there's still that push and pull within me. That's like, yeah, but I, I really like potato chips and I'm good, you know, <laughs> so I'll find a reason. They're giving me joy. Mm-hmm. You know, I know they're probably something in them that's not great for, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And it's a work in progress. So not strict and rigid, which is beautiful to hear because that's the truth yeah. of everyday life. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I've spoken to a lot of yoginis, especially recently. I, I was just leading a retreat and there was a lot of beautiful women there. And a couple of the conversations they asked and or had were around. It was like, how do I say this? Like, yeah, it was interesting. It was like, I know that when I do my yoga and I do my practices, I'm better and why do I have to rely on doing my practices to be better? Mm-hmm. Shouldn't I be able, can I get to or will I get to a place where I'm okay without them? Mm-hmm. And then I heard a very similar conversation with another friend. Then they said something like, I don't like taking this medication because I don't want to rely on the medication, but taking it, when I take it, it helps me to feel better. You know what I'm asking or saying? This like inner desire to like, why can't I do it without anything else? Mm-hmm. But, and my response has always been, but isn't it great that you have that, this tool mm-hmm. that when you need it, it helps you mm-hmm. to be better. Yes. I'm, but there I'm was like, a, there's like a struggle you. or a battle with it. The fact that it even exists, even though it mm-hmm. serves. Yes. And there is that aspect too of, of um, um, well, if I'm, mm, I'm going to use the word perfect. And so I'm, I'm using that knowing that it's a hot, hot word, but that like, aren't I supposed to be perfect in the strive of being perfect, whatever that is in our mind's eye or in our, you know, our belief system. And so our yoga is supposed to make us better or perfect. And, uh, this aspect of first, it is a practice synonymous with the tools, but yoga itself is, well, we could all answer that, but I'll just answer from my perspective. You know, yoga is uh, presence and wholeness and, and 
having in that moment, it, all the layers of your being together. Union. Union, right? So these tools are, are not to like, here, use these tools to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And then and when you're perfect like, enough, you won't need the tools? Yes. Yeah. When you're perfect enough, you won't need the tools. And I feel like that's, that's where I don't subscribe to that. No, no, but, no, no. But I can see, I can absolutely. There's just so many layers of beliefs. Yeah. Yeah. I had to say in this one conversation that we were having about the questioning of using yoga as a tool and shouldn't I get to a place where I don't have to, I was, I finally just said, I, my mind doesn't even work that way at all. Like I don't even see it that way. That doesn't come up for me. So it's a little hard for me to empathize with. I have other things that go on, but that's not one of them. Sure. Sure. I, I really believe that's the lovely thing about conversation because we're all built so different. We all come with such a complete, unique, on all the different, you know, from the genetic line and the, the, the karmic line. I mean, there's so much to, to each of us, um, so unique. Um, how, what is your, how do you see it? How do you see yoga? How do you see in this way? How do I see yoga? Mm -hmm. Or what is yoga to me? Mm-hmm. And the tools and the healing. I mean, I guess in this round, but what, however you want to share it. Well, I feel so grateful to yoga because I know before it, I didn't have a sense of my body. And so it's helped me feel and get in and be with my body. And I certainly don't feel like I listen to or I hear or understand my body fully all of the time. And I definitely don't treat my body perfectly. You know, like, uh, I just had a grilled cheese sandwich and a Rice Krispie treat. (laughs) (laughs) And it was amazing. It was amazing. It was unicorn meat. They call it unicorn. It's TVP that this restaurant that I go to. So it's a sloppy unicorn grilled cheese. It was delicious. And I had no greens. And so that's just an example of like, I don't live by any type of perfection or standardization at all. And maybe that's made me not treating my body the best. And it's just following some kind of craving or impulse, blah, 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 blah. Like all this can spin around in my head randomly. But then I don't care that much too. Like, I guess I somewhat take for granted that I'm really healthy and... When things start to go here or there, I love my body so much. And I really don't have a strong inner critic actually either. Like things are mostly okay mm. all the time, even when they're hard. Yeah. And like you were speaking to in the beginning, that aspect of trust, like I really trust, I really do trust and I trust the flow. And that means that I don't just trust when things are going my way. Or things work out the way that I want mm-hmm. them to. Even when they're hard, I'm like, okay, well, I got to trust this one too. I don't get it. I don't understand where this is going. This is challenging. And I'm trusting because my life through my yoga has taught me over and over again that it always somehow always works out. And so my yoga has given me that ability to trust. I don't think I would, maybe I'd have it a little bit without it, but 
I don't know. I don't, and so for me, yoga is like a whole, it's like the channel that I'm on as I live my life. It's through the filter of yoga because I've been doing it more, like more than half of my life. Mm-hmm. I've been involved with it. And it's my absolute number one dharma for sure. Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine who I would be without it. I can't imagine who I would be without it. And I just love sharing it. And I've gone through, I'm curious, Melanie, for you, what you might have to say about this. I felt recently, like when we were at that Ambassador Summit in 2014, it was a little bit of like a climax in the yoga world in the United States. It was an awesome time to be a yoga teacher. And I felt valued and seen and elevated. And recently, I've had this curious, almost sense of deprecation in the occupation of like this sense of uh, people, if I say I'm a yoga teacher, it feels like there's the word just, like I'm just a yoga teacher. And there's a a belittlement. Is that coming from just me? Or do you have something around that too? You know, I can, I, I, so I will, well, first I'll say I'll affirm you because I, I definitely feel and see both though your perspective, it, it does show me a different way. Like you've put, once again, you've put words into something that like, I don't know if I put words to it yet. Mm -hmm. Um, And there is this aspect of feeling right now that there may not be a place it looks different absolutely looks different and that um in in this time where i feel like there's a lot of hybrid um where friends are everybody's a friend um you know all the friends um may not be going back in person you know or or you know or they're 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 connecting to others all virtually like you know there's all these different aspects um and so many studios have closed and so many uh community spaces have closed it does feel like um there are a lot of wonderful teachers looking for a home and possibly other friends not coming out of their house to, to visit the homes that are there, you know, I mean, and mm-hmm. I think that, you know, the offering of yoga, the sharing of yoga, the healing practices, they're needed now more than ever. Yeah. A hundred percent so fully. And so it feels like we had gone through a wave almost like where yoga was like the hot fad right? Mm-hmm. But you and I had both been teaching for a long time. It wasn't a new thing for us. We were just mm-hmm. in this wave mm-hmm. because we'd been doing it for so long. And it feels like it's somewhat fallen out of favor or out of coolness, mm-hmm. right? And I want to just be like, but you guys, there's, it's all, we're still right here. Like mm-hmm. you could just go into this practice and it could be your guide to self-healing, Absolutely. It's Absolutely. timeless. It's ageless. And mm-hmm. so I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm articulating it correctly, but 
I love it so much and I believe in it so much and I'm so committed to it and I know it's power and I've have felt recently the reflection from others that it's it's just feels less valued mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. than it could be I hear like in my my inner the inner hearing space inside me I just keep hearing stay the course yeah stay the course it's you know this it's all just kind of like I feel almost like I'm watching. I'm not on the sidelines. No, here we are talking, and and uh, and I'm teaching almost daily. And your um, book, Yoga for Immunity, right? So I'm not I mean, on the sidelines. You're not on the sidelines, but I feel in a way like I'm watching. Hmm. What are like you watching? I, well, I'm just watching I, exactly what you said. I'm watching that, you know, the value system and the, you know, I. I hesitate to use the word, but I'm just going to say it because it keeps coming to me. There was a, almost like a celebrity that came with certain, you know, um, which is not the path. No. And it, it, and it's fun. <laughs> I mean, it is, it's fun. Uh, and it's, Yeah, you're not wrong. That's, that's true. At that time, there was that. There mm-hmm. was that. And that was um, cultivated from a lot of different angles, even just Lululemon, right? Like you were a Lululemon ambassador. So you were like the local yoga celebrity and your picture was going to be on the wall at the store and it was a select few of you and you were the one that was chosen as the face of. Yes. That is a level of celebrity. Mm -hmm. For sure. For sure. And, you know, I know it's circular and I feel like, isn't it all, it's, you know, like, we go in and out, we spiral. Um, it's not linear. And, you know, starting with that aspect of contentment, that aspect of um, the middle road, that aspect of, so that pulling up and that elevation, it's fun, you know, oh, I, I really love this or I really hate this, but either one of them is going to. Yes. Transitory. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. transitory. So I am kind of watching, like, okay, so what's it going to transmute into? Right, because it's not going to go away. No. It's not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. You're not going no. anywhere. Mm-mm. How am I going to be called to serve? Mm. Oh. And then I go back to surrender, and I go back to trust. And I go back to being present and I go back to listening to whatever I'm hearing within and showing up. One thing that I didn't mention that it keeps coming through to me too is joy. Like there is a a, a vibration, a flavor uh, of joy. That's my word. Love, connect. Can, it feels expansive. So I keep surrendering and then, you know, just feeling all the feels and, and then following something that feels connected or expansive. So what's in your life feeling the most joyful now that you're serving through? Oh, gosh. Uh, daily, the sky. <laughs> daily... You know, the trees, 
just, you know, heart burst open um, daily, just looking into the eyes of my children and my partner and this moment with you, you know, you know, friends can't see us, but I can see you and, and to just, just to feel that and to see that, that feels very expansive um, and we're virtual. So I, I definitely feel that tapped in, whether I'm present in the same space and time or virtual in the same space and time, not the same space, but time. Um, and the and it, it feels expansive to surrender. It feels expansive to, to say, okay, uh, I'm not gonna try so hard. I'm gonna I'm gonna witness and respond intentionally, thoughtfully with expansion. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like more of it. So did you bravely say no to things? Did you bravely pull back? Yes. And it's continuing. Oh, and I have to say, here where we, you know, I know all the different areas in the world responded differently, but here there was definitely like a that quarantine California absolutely a shelter in place and I have to say you know there was a part of me I don't want anyone sick you know all all of that that goes with that and I was like ah you're helping me say no and so you know as things shift and change open whatever you want to call it um, continuing to be like okay you know there is no, you don't have to do. So are you saying no? Yes. Yes. Uh, yes, I'm saying, I'm saying no. But you did just publish a book. Yes. And that has its own interesting journey with it too. You know, what, 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 what do you say yes to? What are you saying no to? Um, uh-huh. Even in the scheduling of things, you know. And I, and I go back to, again, it's my word, joy. I just figure, you know, someone would be like, mm. when joy, you know, expansion, connection. Mm. So if I get that feeling inside, it's almost like electricity. I feel mm. it. I feel it right now, 100% looking at you. You know, I feel it. If I have it, then, I, then I'll go, go into it. And so that's a yes. But if, I, if I'm not having it, then it might be just like, wait, maybe it's not no forever. Mm-hmm. So is that a insight that you've, I know that you've been aware of for a long time, but you're more using as like an active gauge on your dial more than you did before? Yes. I think every day it gets, that it is affirmed. It keeps getting affirmed. And so I'm on that feedback loop of, of oh, yes, I have to say the same thing with just listening uh, intuitively. Um, you know, it's it's day after day, year after year, to now to a point of there's certain things that I feel and sense and hear, and not that I don't question, but it just as you had said it, whether it's positive or negative, whether it's a challenge, I'm. I, I do trust fully that I'm where I should be. And if it is a challenge, 
then that, you know, what is that here to teach me? Or what is, what am I being shown? Or how am I being guided? I mean, it, I, I, it could come through in so many different ways and it mm-hmm. does. Mm-hmm. Um, but I trust the process of it. So I'm not pushing the no's, but I'm not pushing the yeses either. You know, I'm just kind of seeing how they come through. Mm-hmm. That's a high level skill. Mm. Really is. It shouldn't be, but it is. We have to learn that. And we have to learn it through the feedback system of our own mind and body and emotion and spirit and psyche. And frankly, probably it takes time. Mm -hmm. Like I think we can only maybe do it as we get older and older because of like you're speaking to the experience of most of us beginning the the first part of our lives not living in that way Mm -hmm. and seeing where that where we end up because of it and then slowly getting these tools and new awarenesses and insights and guidance on how do we listen? What does it feel like to be present? Can you let go of the push or the inner dialogue, the inner critic, the not enough, the transgenerational stuff that's not even yours, that's making you continue to feel like you don't have enough food when you clearly have more than enough food? Oh, so well put. Yes. And it is a, it's a practice. I, I, it occurs to me regularly, like intuition, it can't be pushed. It can't, it can't be, you know, harnessed in, in that way. Uh, at least it's not for me, you know, Mm-mm. I can't put it out, out to market. <laughs> it, uh... but you can do the things to help clear the space for it is that some of what your yes. book talks about absolutely absolutely yeah and and the practices of um uh, clarifying or steadying you know again i'll start with the physical body because it's you know when I say elbow, I think we all know, yeah, elbow, okay, physical body. So how do, how do we stabilize the physical body? How do we stabilize by stabilizing the feet? I call it creating neutrality. Um, so the spinal column is in a neutral position that the body is in symmetry right and left. And, and that in itself, that habit of neutralizing and creating symmetry um, is a tool to help the nervous system to also help that moment of intention of remembering or creating space or container to hear whatever needs to be heard. And again, I'm using hearing. It could be a feeling, you know, all the different, different ways that we hear our wisdom. Again, I'm using the word here. So... Yeah, the, the book is, is full of those. So then we can, we can get clear and steady. And, uh, and then also, like, where is their disconnect? Or um, where, you know, I, used, I feel like detox is a, is a hot word, too. Perfect's a hot word. Detox is a hot word. So and, I'm using it, hopefully, lovingly. I'm trying. Mm-hmm. Because there is that, okay, what, what needs 
what, what is the time to let go of a belief, a practice, you know, a, a, a habitual pattern, right? Um, what can I lovingly release? And so then, then that aspect. So, so we layer, and then, then how do we integrate these physical, mental, emotional um, tools so they become habitual in enough in our life, habitual in a positive way? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's coming up for me is the question of, from your experience, and this might be rather philosophical and not at the same time, but what, how much transformation or change is really possible for a person? Mm. Well, you know, I, I go to this image of uh, a being putting on a, a sweater, right? So, you know, originally I think translated from the, the, the uh, Gita was this aspect of we are, you know, this changeless being and then we, we put on, you know, personality known as Mel. Here I am. Um, so in, in my sense, we could take off that sweater yet still be in the same life, in the same body and put on a whole new sweater if we so choose. Or maybe we have to leave this body. And, you know, so I don't know. I think it depends. Mm, you were, when you were describing that, I was remembering how inherently we all have our changeless nature too. The part of us that is the, like the spirit aspect, the oneness aspect, like the seed source that's unchanging and never goes away. So yeah. I suppose in some ways there's that security of that foundation, but like the sweater you're describing, the personality, the persona, this lifetime, who we've been, we can change it. And I know many I've witnessed have gone through huge, deep transformations. And then on the, like the smaller scale, I know there's lots of folks that struggle, especially in the wellness culture, with the dialogue of like, I'm not doing enough, when am I going to get rid of that habit? If I got rid of this habit, then I would be, you know, Buddha by now. But I can't just <laughs> seem to shake this habit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and I think that there's a certain amount of harming in all that. And, you know, again, that spiral, we come in and out of it, you know, each of us in our own, our own timing and in a way. Um, you know, what... Again, in that spiral, I mean, I think about legacy, and that was something that I never thought of until our friends at Lululemon had mm-hmm. used that word. And, and yeah, ditto. Uh, yeah, and so, and I have to say that 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 brings me back. Whether it's um, thinking about what is essentially important, or coming back to this the seed self, of, you know. What you know? What is the bit really true big picture of this mm, moment, right? Mm, and, mm. and for me, it is like that aspect of seed self or uh, spirit self with the uh, sweater of personality known as Mel on it. Um, 
so, or, or what is my legacy? And, and if, if this is my last day, um, what matters? What's important? And for me, a lot of that, that practice does help me let go of, you know, my potato chip habit shaming. <laughs> What's your favorite potato chip? Lay's. Just oh my the gosh. good old fashioned Lay's. I don't want any of the fancy <laughs> oils. Just give me salty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she likes the ridges. Mm-hmm. Oh, does she? <laughs> <laughs> the ruffles. The ruffles have ridges. Uh-huh, the ruffles have ridges. Uh, it's funny, you know. There's so many, you know, many things. Just imperfect. Yeah, yeah. Well, that again encapsulating this conversation of being able to sit with those imperfections while trying, striving to do our best and to detoxify and to clear out and what can be let go of. And there's still this here too. Okay, I'm going to love that also. I'm going to love eating my Lay's on the couch. That's fine. It's fine. (laughs) Sometimes I think too, it's so interesting in our culture how we have an abundance of food, of accessibility to food. Not all of it's healthy. Some of it's incredibly healthy, like the full spectrum of availability for most of us, not everyone, for many people. There's a lot of food available. There's, of course, still a lot of food scarcity. But that's to say, for those of us that have a lot of privilege around food, now there's more restrictions around food. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Where before people were just wanting to eat something. Yeah. And now we can eat almost anything. And we're saying, but I don't eat all of these things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A form of control. Mm. A a form. Mm -hmm. A form of containment. Is that how you see it? Some of it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, as I heard you say it, that's, that's what I, I felt like. And I think for myself personally, a form of control, Mm. right? Um, Food was a form of control in when I was a teenager, for sure. Um, So, you know, I only ate uh, this one particular bowl and I wasn't going to eat all these other things. And I'm different. This is my markation. I am different from you kind people. Melanie needs her bowl. (laughs) Melanie needs this in the bowl. Yeah, that's a form of control. Yeah. It is. Or I'm not going to eat. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to eat. Mm-hmm. It's form, you know. So all those different levels. Um, and it leads me to that aspect of like, how are you, how are you identifying yourself? Where do you feel you have power or value? Um, and where do you feel like you're not enough? Now, let me also say, I find that, I have hives if I eat gluten, mm. love bread, you know, from an Italian American, you know, bread don't do well with it at all. Um, so there are, you know, of course we all have things and I don't know. Well, that and ties into it too, where before, you know, our ancestors were actually eating bread and now what we eat often as bread has so many other 
chemicals and GMOs and it's changed. It's yeah. different than what it was. So yeah, it makes sense that your body's having a negative reaction to it mm -hmm. and saying, please don't put that in me. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. in the same like packaging as what it used to be, but the ingredients aren't the same. Yeah. Or the way that yeah. it's made or where it's made is not the same. Mm -hmm. and, and that, you know, yes, it's complex. All of it. It has so many layers, like the koshas. It has so many layers and, and aspects to it. And I do believe that if we can get ourselves steady into like, what's truly, you know, what is important for me, Mel? And well, okay. Uh, important for me, I'll go back to joy. Important for me to be present um, with whatever it is that's, in me and outside of me. Um, uh, kindness is really important to me, to others and to myself. And so I just, you know, keep coming back to like, okay, with that filter in hand, in heart, symbolically, how can I let go of what is not important truly? Mm -hmm. And like the sunflower going to the sun, you know, draw to what's guiding me. Mm. and it's a work in progress <laughs> it's a work in progress but I commend you for doing it and I fully believe you when you say that you are when I mm. hear you say that you're living your life based on joy and what's joyful or not and guiding by guidance by kindness what's the kindest thing I could do or be or say I know that you're doing that I know that you are. Thank you. Yeah. Trying. Trying. And, I, and sometimes I you don't. You. Yeah. And sometimes <laughs> you're a mess. And sometimes I'm describing that to, to my students often now as the process, like all of this, taking it out of like this, just the spiritual path of like, this is just a path of maturing. We're just maturing. We're slowly maturing. And that means that we're inflicting less damage as we go along than we used to. And when we sometimes do, we clean it up faster and better. And that's all. <laughs> that's all. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Yeah, you're right. Uh, and, you know, some areas may, may take multiple lifetimes to mature. Totally. Yeah. Totally. We turn towards it and it's a no right now. Okay. Yeah, and it will take lifetimes. I don't know, or maybe it won't. Right? <laughs> like, uh, that's, that's the real humility of it. You know, and I feel, again, like the middle path, the, ex the, the extremes, I know. I know what I'm talking about. Well, mm. I feel like those the, the two paths or I know you know maybe I know nothing isn't quite right either but it's like you know helplessness I'm, yes yes on exactly. one end yes and then a righteousness on the other yes mm -hmm. there's many ways up the mountain yeah in, in yeah. many ways isn't that wonderful mm -hmm. it is and, and isn't it lovely because here we are in this whatever you want to call it, I'm going to call it almost like a, a playground 
a, a schoolhouse playground and and we get all these different options hmm. and you out there as a guide you've just released your book yoga for immunity that people can find i know it's on ebook and there'll be a hard print out soon but where it's else out. yeah oh, it's, it's out. out congrats thank you yeah thank you where else can people find you and your teachings and your offerings? Um, well, you can always reach me at my, you know, my, my virtual space, melaniesalvatoreaugust.com. And, uh, you know, you can always email from that space and I'm always welcome that. Um, and uh, you can find me at YogaWorks. Um, so now virtual YogaWorks at home. And uh, so I teach most of my virtual classes there. Um, live Will you go back to the studio soon? What's their plan? You know, we're uh, mostly online. They just opened up Main Street. Have you ever been to the Main Street in, in LA? That the first, the very first yoga works. Is it in Santa Monica? It is. Yeah, it's in Santa I think Monica. I just have... opened it up. Oh, it's new. Well, no, it's, it's the first. It was, but yeah, I think that's but they, the only one that I've been to. I've been to one yoga works. It was in Santa Monica, and I believe it was on Main Street. Mm-hmm. That's that's the one. That's like the that's where all the magic happened. Uh, <laughs> uh, but it's a distance from me. I'm in NorCal, so I for right now I'm online, okay. and it's it's happy and it's 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 working um, for me. I get to to really kind of fall in love with so many friends that are all over the world. Um, and I, I can have my kids in the other, just literally on the other side of the wall, which could be a detriment, but for me, it's <laughs> <laughs> they must be good boys. They, they are, you know, they're, they're, they're wild and, and awesome. Um, so yeah, so that's where you can find me. Uh, and you can find the book anywhere, anywhere books are, are sold. Um, and, uh, and I hope it helps. And if something, you know, I always say, like, if something in the book, you're like, okay, because there's only so much information you can put in a book, right? And in fact, I was like, I was asked to cut a bunch of, <laughs> bunch of content out of it, um, which I think was the right thing to do. So it's another book at another time, right? But um, trust the process. Mm. Uh, but if anything is like, I'm not sure, I would love to hear that, like, I will come up with, uh, you know, support for you individually. That's great. So reach out if they've got the specific questions. For sure. Cool. For awesome. Sure. Awesome. Yeah. How about, how about you? I want I, you know, I, you know, hopefully every, <laughs> everyone knows how to get a hold of you. This is your, this is your home platform, but how, how about you? Where are you teaching mostly? Well, in? I am still with my yoga teacher training group. So I've got a 300-hour cohort that started almost a year ago. It's a two-year program. Wow. And I've got a 200-hour class of 2021 that's going to start in a couple weeks in August mm -hmm. here in Boise. And that's local, so it's not online. It's going to be in person. Mm -hmm. And so I'm doing that. And I'm also... I'm not leading classes online besides that. I'll show up at this park around the corner from my house, Elm Grove Park, on Sundays mm -hmm. at 11 when I'm in town, which I've really been enjoying so much. And I'm resistant to put myself back into like a weekly schedule sure. for a class, let's say. 
but I do a lot of coaching and one-on-one work and I'm doing the ketamine therapy and guiding groups with that also. So the psychedelic therapy is happening now too. And yeah. It's very rich. It's very rich. I was just saying to Krishna today that during COVID, we, I dropped into a different gear. You know, I went from like fifth to second Mm -hmm. and I'm very resistant to get up to five again. I'm not going to do it. I'm actually not going to do it. And so I'm saying no to things like you and being very choosy and I'm loving the spaciousness because like you too, the things that light me up the most are the trees and the dogs and my children and my partner and nature and the few clients that I do see. And that's kind of it. Like mm-hmm. that, that, those, that time that we were in when we met that was so rich and there was so much travel and opportunities. I'm so grateful for it. And I just, I'm in a different phase now. I've also been saying to my friends, particularly here in Boise, it's growing so rapidly and so many new people are moving into the town and it's changing that I kind of remind them like the 2010 to through 2020, like that decade, I feel myself looking back with this energy of like, those were the days. Like that was sweet. We had so much fun. It was an era and we killed it. (laughs) We had, it was fantastic. And it's a new era. Like I feel myself just entering into a new era. Yeah. So maybe that's not true for my friends that I say that to, but it's very true for me. Mm -hmm. That's maybe a more mature era, but still filled with joy as a guiding principle, like you pointed to. And I don't know yet where that's going to take me. And so I'm trying to leave spaciousness around it all and just to go slow and let it unfold. Mm. That's wonderful and exciting. I'm, I'm excited for you. I'm excited for us all. Yeah. And uh, just thank you. Thank you so much for doing what you're doing. You know, you, you're, you're beautiful. You're shocked writing on your voice into what you share out, you know, with, with here and all that you do. I'm just thankful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being a friend. Mm. Yeah, right back at you.